Oi, oi, it's August. Well, not quite if you are listening today. Not quite. See what I did there. This is not quite a podcast for August. Thanks for tuning in and listening once again out there live. Well, not quite live. Recorded for your live purposes in your ears on iradio.com. Also on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can find it all there. Coming up, I'm going to be looking back at some absolute turkeys of albums. Um, I should take the word turkeys out because that's insulting to turkey. Some of the worst rock and metal albums to come out in the last 10 years. I'm also going to be doing some album reviews uh, from Biffy Clyro, Blink182. And Volby, but first of all, let's just go through a few bits and pieces. Um, Mike Hamaka Romance posted up a teaser video up on Twitter, and the whole fucking internet went absolute batshit crazy. I've got no shame in admitting my love for that band. Um, all of their albums, actually, I really, really like. I remember going out and buying uh, Three Cheers when that came out from a, a local record shop called Martian Records on my lunch break when I was a, a Saturday lad at work, and... I'd heard I'm not okay, um, and also it's in the video for that, uh, the early video with the live footage, which I, or I still actually prefer, um, and also there was a video, I believe, I, for uh, Vampires Will Never Hurt You, I saw those, I was like, I love this shit, I went out and got the, the album, I thought both songs would be on there, but they it weren't, because then I later discovered I had to get the first album, anyway, I'm going off on one about My Chemical Romance, um, but yeah, they posted up this, this album, 10 years of the Black Parade, the band are on hiatus. It got the internet going absolutely fucking crazy. Would they be coming back? Everyone expecting a reunion um, announcement. Um, and all very, very much excited. And then this little announcement came up that it's not a reunion. That there's going to be a special release to mark 10 years of the Black Parade. So um, I'm guessing that we're going to probably have like a vinyl release or a, a documentary release, unreleased tracks, something like that. Um, along the lines, at the end of the the teaser video, there was a date of uh, 23-9-16. So uh, we will wait and see in September what my chemical romance have planned. I hope it's at all. I hope it's a reunion. But it's not going to be. We'll just have to wait another day for that. Um, I also don't think with my chemical romance... They've been away quite long enough to have a massive hype, but with the level of reaction from from the internet and and everyone and all the fans coming out and and talking about their love for the band, when they do come back, it's going to be absolutely fucking massive. So uh, yeah, we'll wait for that one. Um, a couple of massive tours have been announced. Alter Bridge are returning to the UK to tour with Volbeat and Gejera in uh, in an arena tour at the end of the year. Alter Bridge have also released a new song uh, snippet from the album. It's called Follow the Leader. It's going to be the first single to be released, and it's absolutely fucking ripping. So go check that out. Also, Avenged Sevenfold are returning next year, also heading up an arena tour with support from Disturbed and In Flames, and that tour is going through to play the O2 in London, and that just shows how big Event Sevenfold are. So they are returning with a new album as well. I think the album is still slated for a release at the end of this year, so we'll see what that happens, and I bet you that uh, that headline tour means that they will steamroll into headlining Download Festival for the second time in the summer, but we're not talking about that just yet. Um... Bullet for My Valentine are heading out on the road uh, later on this year with Killswitch Engage and Kane Hill. Uh, they're doing um, a smaller venue tour. I, I touched on on my thoughts of Bullet uh, in the last podcast, and and now they're going from you know they've gone from arenas a few years ago back to the to the academy size things. The tour's selling well. Manchester's sold out, and they've added an extra date to the Manchester run, and 
it's a little bit special. They're going to be playing The Poison in full. Um, it, the Poison was their first album, and it's going to be played in full. It's the first time they've ever done that, and that's going to be on the second of the Manchester dates. So, I mean, that makes me want to go to fucking Manchester and go and see that shit. The album is an absolutely incredible, incredible album. There's songs on there that have never been performed live. Um, I think it's 10 Years uh, Today is a song that Matt said he would never sing live because it has a, a massive personal impact on him. But, um, yeah, that's it's going to be happening. That's going to be happening at uh, the end of the year. So, Manchester, you've got an absolute treat there. Go and listen to The Poison in full live. Amazing. Uh, a band that I, I really, really love, um, that you may have seen me pop this up on the Twitter, is it's a band called Dope. They're uh, like a new metal uh, yeah, a new metal band is probably the best way to describe them because that's when they were at their highest. And they are coming back. It's a long-awaited return for them with a new album uh, by the end of the year. It's called Blood Money. The, the title track uh, is out as a video as well. It's an absolutely fucking killer, killer song. Real heavy, heavy song. One of the heaviest things that they've released. They are also doing a reunion show with the classic lineup at the moment. They're doing. A, they did a tour of that um, last year in Russia. And they uh, they are doing that in America. They've done a fan-funded campaign with the live CD and the new album pre-orders to get that out on the run, uh, out on the road, sorry. Um, and they are hitting the US up, um, I think it's through from August to October, so go check out Date. And there was also a little status that we saw from them saying they are coming to the UK in November. Dope played the UK for the first time in their massively long history last year when they opened for Coal Chamber, The Defiled, and Soil. So we only had like a short set, so I'm dying to experience Dope with a full-blown motherfucker-in-your-face show. It'll be absolutely special. A um, little bit of uh, news from the realms of the internet. This is an absolutely bizarre story of, of a bromance and a t-shirt between two unlikely characters, and that is Marilyn Manson and Justin Bieber. Uh, apparently, they are, they have, they have struck up this this really bizarre friendship, and um, Bieber's actually selling Marilyn Manson's uh, "Bigger Than Satan" t-shirt with Bieber on the bottom on his on his website for hundred and fifty quid. So that's a bit bizarre. Um, I wonder if Manson selling. Baby t-shirts, that's the only fucking Bieber song I know, so that's the only one I can say, I don't know, just a really, really bizarre situation that's recurred, and I just want to, I wanted to be, I want to witness that moment where Bieber and Manson met at some party, that would just be a surreal, surreal moment, so yeah, if you fancy a Justin Bieber, Marilyn Manson t-shirt, head on over to Bieber's website and spend that 150 quid, well spent I think. Okay, so album reviews for you, and the first one up is Volbeat, Seal the Deal, and Let's Boogie. This one's been out a while, but I've only just got round to listening to it. Uh, the album kicks off with The Devil's Bleeding Crown. Um, the first thing that I thought of this was uh, Nickelback's Burn It to the Ground, so with the, with the very similar riffing, so arena-heavy uh, rock rating there. The thing with Volbeat that, that really does stand out is the vocals, the distinct vocals that the band have. There's no one else really out there that does that. It's it's almost like Elvis meets metal. It's it's quite James Hetfield from Metallica in places. I think I think a, a, a less heavy Metallica is probably a, a real way of, or maybe a less thrash Metallica is probably the right way to describe uh, what Volbeat are like. And they're really really gaining some massive massive momentum now of being an an arena band 
um, in the UK supporting Alterbridge, like we've already said, and in, in Europe they're absolutely massive. Uh, so yeah, they are absolutely coming your way, Volt Beat. Um, track two is a really, really cool one. Marie Laveau, I think I've, I, I can say that right. That's a really, really cool track. Um, some uh, really, really great standout one on that one. Uh, the ones that really stand out for me. Uh, Black Rose, which features uh, Danko Jones. That's an absolute uh, killer. Also, Mary Jane Kelly. Um, and my favourite track off this album is, is Battleship Chains. It's the it's the first track when I listened right the way back, um, right through for the first time. I had to go back um, and play it again, play it again, play it again. It's an absolute foot stomper, arena-filling, fist-in-the-air track. That has to be a single. I, it, that's... I, that could go up there with uh, with Fallen and Lola, Lola Matez as, as my favourite Volbeat songs already, and I've I've only listened to this album uh, like twice, um, and that one I just can't can't stop listening to. I just keep going back and back and back. Uh, title track Seal and Deal is is a good one as well. There are a few um, less brilliant moments um, for Evict um, and Let It Burn, not much, and and does tend to tail off a little bit towards the end. It's an okay album. Um, with with some rippers in there, it's it's worth the check out. Volbeat are a band of worth the attention, and I'm and I kick myself for uh, for not uh, not getting into them early on and, and being late to this one a bit like I've done with uh, Day to Remember as well. So yeah, go go check go check it out, stream it, see what you see what you think, and if you really like it, go and purchase. But I've only listened to this album uh, say twice so far through. Uh, Battleship Chains is the standout, um, but maybe we'll re-review this when I've listened to it a little bit more. So probably the first really, really big, big album of the year, really, um, Biffy Clyro Ellipsis, uh, number one album in the UK on its first release. It's the seventh studio album by Biffy, um, and it's classic, classic Biffy. Um, the, the songs follow their usual experimental way with music, where they just almost like play around, but it comes naturally. Um, and it just it automatically comes out right for them biff it, it's it's mist like when you hear a biffy song that's what i'm trying to say like when you hear a biffy song you know it's biffy clyro because no one else sounds like that but they're all their songs sound different but you instantly instantly know that that it's a biffy clyro song and this album follows that completely you'd know it's them straight away if, if something didn't tell you what it was uh the first single and album opener album opener even wolves of winter is a hard fist pumper um, it really places perfectly along the lines of uh, the golden rule and living is a problem. So really like one of the, the fast paced of Biffy's back catalogue. Rearranged is going to be a single, surely. Um, that is an absolute massive, massive song waiting for superstardom. Um, uh, Biffy can do ballads easily. We've seen it with uh, Folding Stars and many of horror. This is surely going to go along the lines of that. A real standout song for me is is Herex, which is a little bit mixed match all over the place, um, and even towards the end shows quite a bit of sort of death metal maybe, like really fast paced drumming, like just comes out of nowhere and just absolutely smacks you in the face, um, but just shows again that they that they're not going to stand still, that they're always going to develop. Um, Animal Style's a great song as well. That's a single now as well. That's a really, really cool one. Howl is a little bit of a... Like a poppy sort of rock riff to it. That's cool. Flammable stands out as well. That's, a, that's an absolutely great track too. So some absolute bangers from Biffy. 
I really, really like this album. Um, I don't know. It's it's not my favourite. My favourite Biffy album is Only, Only Revolutions. This is right up there. It's really, really good. And this is going to ma- make the band get even bigger and bigger and bigger without fully selling out. So Biffy have never really sold out. They, they continue to do their own thing. And that gets popular. There are some, as I said, some some slower moments like Rearranged that can easily be a single. But then you've got things like Animal Style, which show that absolute rippers still. So, yeah, Biffy continuing to steamroll into stadium success, surely. And, in my opinion, right up there with Muse as the biggest British bands out there at the moment. Mon the Biffy. All right, last one of the album reviews. Blink-182, California. This is uh, the first album Blink have done with Matt Skiba, and the first thing to say is it's not shit. Honest, it's not shit. It's not the best album you will ever hear, but it's not shit. It's not. It's nowhere near as, as, as good as what Blink have done in the past, um, but it, it's okay. Matt Skiba is the best thing on this album, I think. The the things that stand like me are, are when Matt takes over and, and you can tell the songs that he's influenced more. It's very marking places, as you'd expect, with, with Tom leaving. Um, but it's... Yeah, it's 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 all right. And, you know, if, if Matt hasn't shown his more of his influence, it would have just been another project by Matt and and Travis, so a plus 44 second album. But there is that Matt Skiba influence, and that really, really does help this. There's some really, really cool songs on this. Um, Bored to Death is the, is the single that's been released, and that's pretty cool. That's really grown on me. Um, She's Out of Her Mind is a, is a pop-punk, punk, more pop, ready for radio anthem, and that's really cool, and San Diego is really cool too. I mean, I have an issue with pop punk songs sung by bands that are getting older, and that's what Blink are doing on this, but they, they show that there is that maturity, but they can let their let their hair down and be dumb still, which is what we love um, about Blink-182, the dumbness to them, and built this pool in Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, show that, but it's not shit, it's not brilliant, but it's really not shit, and this could have been an absolute stinker, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a really, really cool, mature pop-punk album. So three album reviews, there, probably more commercial bands, um, Sleaze Metal fans, hit me up, man, I need I need an injection of some new, fresh signing Sleaze Metal, um, this is the, the bands that I love at the moment, I'm not releasing anything, and I haven't discovered anything new, so... Hit me up if there's anything new that I am missing out there on the Sleaze Metal scene. Um, and just a bit of a, of a shout-out to the band that I am addicted to at the moment. Um, another band I was a little bit late to, a band called Creeper. Quite underground, very AFI. Check out Creeper, horror punk done right. This is a British band, which, oh man, you've just got to listen to it. I need to see them live. Three EPs out there, go check out Creeper. The voices in your head say check out creeper so the top five returns the top five countdown that i uh, like to do and this is the top five worst albums from the last 10 years now this is just personal opinion get involved on the twitter not quite pod if you disagree if you like these things they've all got a little bit of charm in places but not 
all the way through. Let's do this. Number five, Bon Jovi's What About Now? Because We Can was the first single, um, I think it was the only single, and it's the only real highlight off this album. There's just nothing special. It's like it was just put out there because they're Bon Jovi, and they can put a record out there, and they needed to put a record out there. It's just dribble compared to to what the band can. I mean, Bon Jovi are a different band now to the band that we love from the 80s, but they can still do modern releases, which are good. Have a Nice Day, which was was a really, really great album. I think that was 2004, 2005. That's a great album. It's actually one of my favourite Bon Jovi albums. Uh, Lost Highway grew on me after a while. Um, but this, oh, just it's nothing. And it was the last... It was the last album they released. It was the last to feature Richie Sambora. Um, maybe it was embarrassment and not the personal fallout with John Bond that made him leave. No, I'm only joking. Yeah, this was an absolute stinker. Number four, Marilyn Manson's High End of Low. Dribble-filled, puke mess of an album with a tiny moment of something. When the single um, Armour Goddamn Motherfucking Get In dropped, I, I got a little bit excited for it. Because I was like, oh man, that that's, that's, might be like, oh, Manson, we'll see how this goes. There's nothing else on the album which sounds anything like that. I mean, just Four Rusted Horses is just, oh, it just doesn't go anywhere. And there's too many songs that don't go anywhere. And this is a time where Manson's live shows were piss poor. Um, it, this makes Eat Me, Drink Me sound like one of his fucking great, like Antichrist Superstar, for example, one of his better moments, and that was bad. This is just the worst thing Manson's trawled out, and thank God he's now starting to, to come back. I should be thank the devil that he's starting to come back around a little bit more to his to his former self again, but yeah, what a, what a shocker that was. Um, number three, Trivium. The Crusade. Now, this has got to be one of the most, I don't know, controversial, not controversial, like, biggest flops of an album in, in metal history. Um, so this follow was the follow-up to The Brilliance that was Ascendancy, which which was just an incredible, incredible album. And this dropped like a broken submarine. I mean, this is just... You could tell it was rushed out. You could tell it was written on the road. Um... And, and it was almost like, let's get another album out there because this band's got so much momentum. Let's just throw this out there. The single anthem, We Are The Fire. That was my metal voice, by the way. Um, I mean, the video for that is just a shocker. It's so cheesy and it's just like they rock up at a house party in a convertible and they play in the pool party. And it's just like, oh, man, this is not not your band. This is not what you you're meant to be like. There's a real shocking ballad, um, This World Can't Tear Us Apart, which is like the sequel to Dying in Your Arms from Ascendancy, and that's just terrible, 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 and, and just cheese-filled, like the kind of thing that a bad 80s power ballad band would turn away. That's how cheese it is. Um, in the opening song, Ignition, which is all right, but trying to cram the words, homophobia, racism, sexism, again, that's my metal voice, um, it's like, yeah, you, you can be, you just, ah, oh, it just doesn't sound like they want, to, they want it to, to sound, it's just desperate, but to the rats, which is an absolute killer of a song, 
really shows what this album could have been and where they could have gone with it. But they didn't, and the Crusade will always curse this band, I think. But hey-ho, shouldn't have got it out, Roadrunner. Number two, Linkin Park, Living Things. This was brought out and meant to be the band back to in-your-face music, back to the, the glory days, um, and it didn't. There's too much synth, there's too much electro for my liking. There's also too much Mike Shinoda and not enough Chester. Burn It Down tries, that was the single. It tries to get it going, but eventually falls on its face like a fucking crippled penguin. Um, and the, the frustrating thing is you know what this band's capable of. You know that it's good, how good they can be. And this comes out. And then the hunting party comes out, and it's just like fucking howling can park. Just I I don't I don't want it. hybrid theory mark two. I don't want Meteora the sequel. I just want interesting heavy new metal music from a band that knows how to do that right. It's not too much to ask, is it? I'm sounding so whiny and miserable today, and it's gonna get worse because number one is an album you have to listen to. It's an album that's so bad you have. To check it out, I employ anyone to listen to how bad this album is, and it's a band called it's an it's an album called Scream by a man called Chris Cornell. Um, I don't know what decision went on, and I'm not going to judge Chris Cornell, one of the you know legendary songwriters of grunge music and and rock music in general, for for teaming up with hip hop producer Timberland and going for something a bit different. I implore bands to go and do something different and to do something experimental. But fuck me, the result of this is just... Oh, man. As I say, you've got to hear it. It starts off um, with a, the, a, the worst electronical fanfare as an intro. The kind of thing that you would find off Nintendo when you got the gold star in Mario and almost saved the princess. It's like... Da, da, da. Um, but electronic as fuck, and it's just, oh man, really? And then it drops into this terrible electric beat into this song called Part of Me, where the chorus is, that bitch ain't a part of me. And it's like, Chris Cornell can't sing like that. Like, what? You can't go all hipster. And there's one song with a little bit of guitar on, and then it gets to the title track, Scream. Now, this... Would, this is an okay pop song until the moment that some hip-hop person introduces the second verse. And it's just, oh, man, literally, it's it's shocking. I mean, I saw Chris Cornell at Download in 2009 on this touring cycle. And he, he was phenomenal, like, Soundgarden Audio Slave stuff and some of his earlier solo stuff, which is phenomenal. The... Two songs he played off this album sounded better with instruments. So this this album could have worked maybe a little bit more, you know, maybe throwing an acoustic guitar in places, it could have worked. In particular on Scream, it could have worked. Um, but yeah, better live, but still not really. And it's like that you almost feel like that Timberland had already written this album handed it out to a bunch of nobodies in the pop scene. They turned it down because it was so bad. 
And so when Pop's worst bottom of the barrel fucking wasted specimen said no, Grungy's high king and priest said, yeah, I'll have a go, I'll do it. Um, and yeah, we get the worst album I think I've ever brought. And I implore everybody to go and check out this album to really understand how bad it is. And that's the end of that. Okay, last little uh, shout-out I'm going to do is to a band called Lucy's Last. We were on holiday in Malta recently, and on the last night came out of a restaurant and heard this guitar music and loud live music. I thought, oh, I haven't heard live music for ages. Had a whole holiday of relaxation, let's go rock out. And we went out to this promenade on the seafront, and, yeah, there was this band playing, and the, what's the right way to explain? Like, something like would be on the Queen of the Damned soundtrack. Uh, so, Electro dark, weird, bassy, with a great female vocal. Um, yeah, so yeah, shout out Lucy's Last. If you want something really different to listen to, go and check them out. They're on the old Facebook. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in to Not Quite A Podcast August. We will be back next month. You can keep in touch on the Twitter account, which is Not Quite Pod. You are also on SoundCloud, iRadio, and obviously uh, iTunes podcast, as I'm trying to think of what that is. You can find us on iTunes. That's our main way. I am DJing, once again, my signature trashed rock and metal night at the Black Cat Cellar Bar in Gloucester. Do come and check that out. It's a great night, if I do say so myself. That is on Saturday. That's August the 27th. That's the bank holiday weekend in August. It's free entry from 9 o'clock to the early hours. Great drinks, promos. It's a great little venue in the very, very haunted Black Cat Cellar Bar underneath one of the oldest buildings and oldest pubs in the city. So, yeah, I will be in there spinning the tunes then. Do come and check that out. We'll be back for not quite a podcast September. Stay in touch. Keep watching the stars and be safe out there. Bye-bye.